Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by longtime friend of the show. We have Louisville-based tattoo artist Rob Taylor. Really appreciate Rob coming on the show today. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask specifically that you give me some health insurance referrals. Ideally, someone who's going on to Medicare soon, normally turning age 65 is what would prompt uh, going on to Medicare. That would be a great referral for me or anyone who needs advice on health insurance, the details of the sponsors for The Kelly Patrick Show are as follows. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by returning guest. I have Rob Taylor in studio with me. Rob, thank you for coming back in. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, Going very well. Appreciate you coming back in. I was Before we started recording, I was referencing i don't know three years ago yeah it was four years it must have been about four four years ago actually i would say it was 2019 this was prior to covid yeah we did an episode of the kelly patrick show yeah did did you have a you had a mic um i don't know if i had a mic on that so brandon bishop was on with okay you were doing the tattoo work so one of my prouder moments of the kelly patrick show history is I met a uh, uh, woman named Jordan for the first time that I had ever met her in my life in person. <laughs> oh, that didn't know that, that was either. the first time that I had ever met her in my life. <laughs> that was literally the first time I'd ever met her when we recorded that episode. Oh man, Brandon Bishop set it up so I, you know, but she got a tattoo on her lower back, right, yeah, kind of yeah. like a tramp stamp that said KPS. Yeah, I, I, I think I paid her to get that tattoo. Okay, you did. You paid her to get the tattoo. Yeah, they gave her like $100 or something. So like KPS that. for Kelly Patrick Show was tattooed on her lower back. Yeah. Um, it was all over like my, I think my Snapchat story. It shows up every couple of years in my memory, you know, in my memories on Snapchat. But it was a pretty entertaining. People would be like, what the hell, Kelly? Is that real? You yeah. know, nobody could wrap their head around 
and maybe I'm making it into a bigger deal than it, it was, but for my memory and the history of the show, that's definitely a unique moment. It was fun. I feel like that was a very um, little wild era for your show. It was. Good weeks. point. Before I settled down with the wife, yeah, I was more likely to have MMA fighters over. They'd be drinking and choking yeah. each other unconscious during the episodes. <laughs> That type thing. Yeah, it was it was a bit more a bit more wild. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, but the funny part of the Jordan story is, and it'd be funny if this came back to me now, is I didn't really talk to her much after that. She would kind of, um, I forget. I think some people wanted me to go out to an event one time. She got mad at me that I didn't go. And I think now she hates me. Oh. I, or she maybe she doesn't hate me. I, I don't think she's a fan. Okay. I, I've been told that by other people. But I, as far as I know, I think the tattoo still exists on her lower back. That's great. So what better way to start the episode in the introduction to the reintroduction to the Kelly Patrick Show audience, yeah. Rob Taylor, than that story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was fun. That, that is fun. That it is was, a fun, kind of like a Howard fun. Stern type feel. Yeah. Right? It was a good time. Debauchery type uh, 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 thing. Um, Introduce yourself to the Kelly Patrick Show audience. You're an artist. Uh, you're yeah. a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, um, so but, but what's your backstory? Who's Rob Taylor? Um, uh, man, that's, that is a long backstory there. I've been fairly nomadic and made a lot of choices and journeys and done a lot of things, been a lot of places. Where'd you grow up at? Um, originally in Illinois. We kind of moved around a whole lot. Uh, so it was a little bit of here, a little bit of there. Um, I moved to Kentucky about... I don't know, 17-ish years ago, 17, 20 years ago. Okay, okay. It's been a while. It's been a while. Kentucky's home now. Um, I started tat the whole tattooing thing probably right before I came down to Kentucky. Okay. Um, you know, maybe close to a year before that, you know, started in the kitchen and just kind of doing it on my friends and things like that. Who introduced you to the concept of tattooing, or were you just a naturally good artist? You were one of those no. kids who was good at drawing. I can't so you're draw like, I'll to be save my life. I still can't draw. Um, it's weird how I learned how to go about the tattooing process, but no, I started off because a friend of mine, he was a tow truck driver, and he did tattoos out of his kitchen as a side gig, and I was a poor kid that couldn't afford to go get tattoos. Mm. So I was like, let me try that thing out on myself. And mm. so I started tattooing myself, and then... People would offer me free weed or beer or 20 bucks to put some crappy little tattoo on them. And then I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense to do that for a, an hour than it does to go make $8 at McDonald's. Or, I mean, at, at this point, I was kind of just breaking into, like, construction and stuff like that, too. But that even that, you know, hourly paid labor sucks. Sure. And you get to do the tattoos for the most part, with people that you voluntarily set up, so it's not someone who, like, you despise, probably. Yeah, yeah, The, yeah. the likelihood of you having, a yeah, you having a negative experience is less likely than if oh, you were in sure. a customer service-type yeah. position in the mall. Oh, and it or gets something to that like point, that. for sure, you know. Um, it does. I had a shop in the mall, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, from there, it, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily a primary focus. It was always just something I was doing. I had fun doing it and it started bringing in a little bit more money. I got to a point to where I realized if I wanted to make money at it, I had to get better at it. So then I just tried getting into every shop. I finally found the crappiest shop around that would take me. Learned what I could from there. Went to the second shittiest shop around that could take me. Learned what I and just kind of started moving from there, man. And then the goals and everything started shifting and evolving along the way. 
Um, you know, next thing I know, I'm doing conventions and I'm winning trophies and getting on protein. Like I did the whole career thing. Um, you know, it's always been life and life choices that, that, that has always gotten in the way of things. But, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's necessarily the backstory of what I've been doing, you know, the last few years, I got to a point where I, I, I did launch, you know, a shop inside the mall there, um, with the help of a friend of mine and that didn't really end up working out for various reasons. The customers there were very like it, it, it bred a disdain in me for public studios. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just the everyday person walking in, not someone that you, you networked and met through Instagram. Yeah, That's a unique type of deal. No, someone all... who just sees a sign that says tattoos yeah, and thinks yeah. it's cheap tattoos and they walk in exactly. for a cheap tattoo. And, and, and a lot of that, I don't know how to say it, man, the kind for the majority of the demographic that came in had the same mentality you would expect people that go to the mall to get a tattoo they would have. It's um, a lot of difficult customers. Mm. A lot of difficult And that customers. was in Louisville? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was in Jefferson Mall. There was a place called Tattoo there before me. I was good friends with one of the owners. We ended up shifting things around and I ended up getting that unit and so on and so forth. But um, from there... I was like, screw all that. Like, it's the headache. It's all of it. It was too much stress. Every bit of it. I didn't like being a boss. I was a crappy boss. I was a terrible boss. I was a very do your job or get out kind of dude. Wasn't very personable. Um, so from there, we closed that down. And I had the idea of primarily focusing on Instagram. So from there, I was like, I could spend $8,000 a month to be in the mall and deal with all of this. Spending 8000 a month. That was the rent. It was like eight grand a month, 8500 a month or something like wow, that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Um. So it made a lot of money, but it cost a lot of money and the headache of being a boss and the customer, just all of it, man, it just wasn't for me. Uh, so I took a shot in the dark and I was like, man, I can either take this 10 grand and open up a private studio, found a private studio for $400 a month. And then I pretty much paid a whole year up front for that and then turned around and, um, that's the place in Shepherdsville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then turned around and took pretty much the rest of that money and just dumped it into an Instagram ad, and it blew up. I tried, didn't even do it for here. I tried it out for Phoenix. I'd never been to Phoenix, and we had a gap in time. We're like, all right, we're closing this shop down. We're letting all this go. Um, we're downsizing our life. You know, at this point, we had a lot of bills and toys and just a lot of stuff. I woke up in the middle of the night one night, freaking out, like, oh, this is all gonna come crumbling down. We gotta sell everything. No overhead whatsoever. It's all going to come crashing down. And what's funny is this was just a couple years before COVID. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so if I would have stayed through there, A, um, the mall is not very forgiving um, when it comes to being open and things like that. It, it, COVID mm. would have just completely ruined us anyways. Sure. You know? And then the riots and all the looting. Like everything that happened the following couple of years after that, it was almost like everybody just kind of dodged a bullet with that. So... um. Yeah, so I tried it out. We had a little gap. We were going to go see my ex-wife's family out in Arizona. And I ran an ad for out in Arizona for the week I was going to be there and sold out within like 24 hours. So you ran an Instagram ad saying mm -hmm. I'm, I'm running some promos. Yeah. However yeah. much an hour type thing or some type yeah. of a, a, a tattoo marketing yeah, ad. Yeah, so I think what I was doing was like four hours for 300 or something like that. And that, that did really well. Um, you know, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm on to something. You know, I could spend $700 and book out for an entire week and make more in that week than what I'm going to do running 
the shop by my like you know what I'm saying doing the whole mall thing and, and after overhead and paying artists and everything else plus the headache of it it um it just made more sense to do that I was like okay we got we're on to something here and other artists have turned me on to I was like man how do you guys stay so booked out and they were like Instagram so you kind of um you you saw that some uh, that's the direction of the yeah, industry cause, in cause a way, point, and you're like, I was this like is how at I can the make peak a of my tattoo career and my name. Um, so I was working with other like pro team artists and things like that. And I'm like, look, we're both on the same team here, and I'm obviously good enough. But how are you booked out to every city you go to, and I'm not? And they were like, it's Instagram. Well, at first I thought it was just creating a social media presence type of Instagram thing. Um, but then from there, I realized it was all ads. It's, it's your ads and how you run your ads and understanding your marketing. Well, then from there, while I was in the mall, I got really obsessed with guys like like venture capitalists, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and Mark Cuban and mm. you know Tim Ferriss' book of uh, Tool of the Titan, just all this crazy self-made billionaire stuff. Um, so with that, it, it, it led to you, especially Gary V, it led to your first job being marketing and your second job being whatever your craft whatever is. Whatever your craft is. So I really focused on that and a lot of trial and error, you know, luckily that, that first hit, that first ad hit, you know, I knew I was like, okay, well, people like the four hours for 300 kept doing that and it did great for a couple of years. Is that a relatively, um, oh, that's, below. For the, that's what I mean. So especially for that market, for the quality of work that you do, yeah, I was getting death threats from other shops and stuff. Literally. Were, oh, literally. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you were talking about it. like they were going to rape my wife and oh murder me and like, Jesus. oh yeah, dude, it was like specifically le- in le- Phoenix, a bunch of people hate. No, no, it was, it was Louisville. Okay. Because you were running those. Ar- yeah. Ads here. Yeah. They're like, you're, you're messing up the market here. And like, I'm like, dude, there's, this is 16th largest city in the any, country. Any, I'm one person. <laughs> any tattoo shops in particular in Louisville that you're comfortable throwing under the bus? No, for the sake of, okay. no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I got to ask. I'm yeah, the, I'm the yeah, interviewer. Yeah, if you had one, you know, you can I say mean, there, there are a couple that were very specific and very aggressive. Um, but it, I mean, that was when I first kind of started doing everything. It, it died out fairly quick, man. I mean, it's, Old school tattoo shops still have a lot of that very tough guy kind of thing, and and you know I see the fear of it, of the 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 intimidation of new things coming along, cheaper prices, better work at a cheaper price. On top of that, but the thing about it is, is nobody's going to those guys to get a portrait. Nobody's going to those guys to get a big, giant, detailed realism black and gray sleeve or back piece. You know, so their demographic, our demographic of client, isn't even the same thing. Mm. Um. So there's things like that. And like I said, it's the 16th largest city in the country, and I'm one person. Huh. It's impossible for me we, to take all your work. Do you currently have just $400 a month overhead? Uh, so that's what I did for a long time. I know. I'm jo- Okay, okay. I'm, I don't yeah. mean to ju- no, 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 splice no. your was, story up, but that could be a part of it. You have such minimal, if you have such minimal overhead, you're like, yeah, guys, this is the free market. I'm able to compete in this specific well, way. Sorry, yes I don't no. have a giant rent each month. Sorry. Because even if I had the giant rent each month, the way that the marketing thing worked out was, you know, four hours for 300 bucks. I was booked out for months on end, seven days a week. In that. Louisville. Yeah. Well, anywhere I went at that point. But yeah, this, this, at this point I wasn't traveling. I was, I was pretty much just starting all this. I went to Arizona for a week and that's where I was like, Oh, my, my ad thing works. So after that, I came back and really focused on the privacy. You realized you could do it in some random city. Yeah. Like, Oh, I can do so it in I Louisville too. In yeah, Louisville. You just exactly changed the Instagram marketing somehow to target yeah, I just changed my, my, my demographic focus really started focusing on that and dialing into how that worked and what really pays attention. And, your reach and your analytics and just really knowing what your demographic is, is a big thing. Um, 
you know, and, I, and, and now I would consider myself a somewhat marketing expert in the sense of tattoo artists. Sure. Um, I've applied it to other tattoo artists and it works great and different methods and things like that. Um, so, it, yeah, the biggest thing is definitely you have to understand your demographic because you're paying for that ad to be seen by eyes. And if that ad is being seen by one set of eyes that isn't going to buy your product, well, then you've just wasted that much money on so on and so forth. So it's a numbers game. Numbers game for sure. Um, can, yeah. can I ask one question? Yeah. Are you a good tattoo artist? I'm a good tattooer. I don't consider myself an artist. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to touch on. Um, <clears throat> you're not naturally real good at drawing, you said. Mm -mm. No, I, I still can't really draw. I, you know, I can do the very organic Bob Rossi type of stuff, but that's just because it is so simple of, of a shape that your brain, the way that it works is your brain is just looking at light and the lack of light being shadows and all of that does is create shapes and, and those shapes come together goes into your brain your brain's like oh that's a tree so you're not a horrible artist but but you're not like a you wouldn't say it's just that i'm just this that that brilliant it's not more so that, you focused in on the art the the art of specifically tattooing is your special yeah it's a skilled trade is the way i see it just like framing a house just like drywall or painting or any other you know somebody a framer could walk into this room and tell you if it's square after they've been doing it for 20 years just by looking at the corners okay. of the room, okay. that kind of thing. Um, the, my approach to the tattooing isn't artistic. There's zero expression. I don't I don't even design the tattoo. I use AI. If somebody wants a custom piece, I use AI to design the piece, you know, Photoshop, things like that. Uh, but the tattooing process, I learned... I learned black and gray when I finally found a shop that would take me in as an apprentice kind of thing down in Florida. And um, this Mexican dude, Jacinto Valles, taught me how to do the black and gray work. And from there, it just made sense. And it all relied on my stencil. My stencil being, you remember paint by numbers? I think so, yeah. So it would be like an empty painting with a bunch of empty shapes on it when each shape had a number in it. And then it came with a little set of paints, and each color had a coordinating number on okay, it. Okay, okay. So then the circle with the number one would get the yellow number one, so on and so forth. So basically, I just took that same method and applied it to the tattooing thing. I went through black. That's why black and gray is easier, was easier for me to tackle because I only had to focus on four different values, four different shapes to color in as opposed to 12 in a color tattoo. So I just started focusing on that, man. It was, um, you know, that little triangle isn't going to magically turn into a star. Black isn't going to magically turn into pink. So as long as I trust that each individual shape is going to do its job, each individual value or color or whatever it, it is going to do its job, and then I step away from it and all those little shapes come together and make what you see on my Instagram. So, How many Instagram pages do you have? Um, I have a photography page just like in my life and stuff like that. My studio page is, you know, Black and Gray Studios. Uh, and then my Rob Taylor tattoos is is probably the big one. Um, we're over twenty five thousand followers on there, and those followers have come from your use of that account for marketing purposes. Yeah, yeah. So, cities. so 11, a lot of those followers may be Phoenix. Well, so my analytics show that like my majority city is Louisville. The second biggest part of my demographic is Phoenix because I spent two years in marketing out there. But yeah, for for the the majority of it, it's it's Louisville. Out of that 20-some thousand people, it, it's Kentuckians. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. When I first started off, one thing somebody taught me was I met this guy, and his name was Kanai, and he was super cool looking, super interesting. He had these, like, 
Hawaiian tattoos on his face, and like he was just he was super interesting. Wore suits, drove uh, what was it the the BMW i8, had the watch, you know, just all of it, and um, getting to talking to him, and I was like, how did you how did you do all this from tattooing, especially like not being like a super famous tattooer? He's like, man, I got rich by telling people I was rich. That whole fake it till you make it thing. And I was like, okay. I kind of get what you're saying, so I started taking that on. So when I started going to conventions, I was looking just like every other tattooer. I took on the persona of like, oh, I I made it, boys, and started okay, wearing okay. nothing but suits and okay. cases. And like, I've seen some good good photos of you in suits. Yeah, so I, my whole wardrobe, I was known to where people thought that I legitimately had suit pajamas type of, like I went nowhere without my suit. That was my brand. Um Hence the marketing. You said first and foremost you're yeah, a marketer. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't learn that until years after I had already figured out that I had been creating a brand. So when I first started, I was like, okay, well then I have to create this presence. They're the ones that turned me on to like buying followers and stuff like that. So at first, this was hell, I don't know. Six ish years ago, seven years ago. Um I bought, I don't know, like ten thousand followers or something like that. And which and that point in time in the social media game that creates the buzz because People are seeing like, oh, this somebody must be successful if they have X amount of followers. Um, the things have shifted to where nowadays, if you do that, that's going to hurt your account. Mm. Um, and it took a long time of really putting into marketing to kind of transfer out that like ten thousand followers that I bought. So to, uh, on your analytics, it'll show you how many bought accounts could possibly be on your thing. And I think I'm down to like a hundred and eleven okay. out of out of the twenty five thousand people. So that was a lot of work to get that off of there. But, you know, at that point in time, it served its purpose and it got me where I needed to be. If you talk about fake it till you make it, there's definitely a method to it that, that works, but you can't get lost in the sauce either. When I created my Twitter account in, I think it was 2011, Kelly Patrick Twitter account that I still use, I bought like, um, I forget, maybe 5,000 or right. something followers. Yeah. yeah. So I had lo- no interaction at the beginning. <laughs> None. Yeah. But people would be like, what the fuck is that? But then I would continue going and, you know, I covered basketball, football, things like that over the years. When COVID happened, though, I'll say this. I think the fact that I, and I have actually grown since then. So I still have all those fake accounts. Mm -hmm. I think I've got like 7,000 now. I'm guessing maybe 2,000 are real. Right. Of my Twitter followers. But I do think to the tune of what you're saying. It helped me land some interviews during COVID. Absolutely. People look at it. They're like, oh, this guy looks legitimate. Absolutely. Who is this? And I know that I'm fucking legitimate. So that's right. not a question. Exactly. It's getting me in front of those people. So I got Adam Carolla. I got Mark Hunt. I got uh, all sorts of people within my libertarian political type world. And, you know, different. Kurt Schilling, one of the best baseball pitchers ever. Nice. Um, I could go on and on. I'm just, you know, it takes yeah, me a minute to purpose. remember. But I think in some, to the tune of what you're saying, I think I have... Yeah, yeah it some kind of validity, validity um, when you're starting off and you're trying to create your business off of social media, uh, but you got to be able to back it up at that point too. Sure, yeah, that can't be the yeah, entirety yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, um, So I made that shift, and then the last few years, it's been crazy uh, there for a while. I, I had the bright idea that I was going to sell flat sleeve, like flat rate sleeves for thousand bucks or something like that fifteen hundred dollars and then half sleeves for 750 or something within like a 24 48 hour period 
I sold an ungodly amount of those those deals and um not realizing that yeah that was cool for a quick 24 hour payday but then I had to spend the next 2 to 3 years pretty much tattooing for free and pissing off clients and yeah it was interesting it, it was a mess and it all came from I didn't realize how many people were paying attention on Instagram when I was like hey I'm going to sell sleeves for $1000 flat rate whatever you want do you regret doing that yeah yeah it was so well yes and no because I learned what like oh shit people are listening to me because the thing about Instagram too and tattoo artists, if you go and look, our our engagement rate and percentage isn't the same as everybody else's. It's about half percent to one percent of your following is going to be about your engagement rate. So, on average, my twenty something thousand followers, I'll get twenty five hundred to three thousand plays on meh, you know, of, of just a meh video. But on a good video, I'll get. In five to seven, sometimes ten thousand organic plays of just my followers. So the engagement rate and things like that are weird for tattoo artists when it comes to to being on there for sure. And every and I've noticed that it's not just me. You know, it's just every, every relatively low rate. engagement rates for tattoo artists on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. weird. It's weird. Uh, other other industries have higher engagement rates. Not even just other industries, man. Just other profiles. You know, just a a random. Okay, for example. Uh, I'll date a chick. She's got 200 followers on Instagram, right? And she'll post a picture of her brand new toenails that she got done, whatever. And she get 130 likes. Meanwhile, I'll post a back piece that I spent the last six months working on that I feel like is insanely dope, and it'll get like 90 likes. Mm. And I have thousands and thousands of followers. So it's... it's now, it's, I had this girl... Called, who was this girl? Oh, I, I mean, this is just an example. Let's say in this example, has she cultivated over years those 200 people who love her feet, maybe? But that could be it. So it could that be could a totally specific... Her entire demographic. Yeah, I mean, that could be it. I guess it, it, there's probably multiple different oh, yeah. moving parts. Marketing is a very fascinating... You know, of course, I have the podcast. I'm on 715 episodes. They've been like crazy different topics. Yeah. Uh, you could make a case I should be doing video, you know, you right, could, should right. make a case I could, you know, be doing a lot of different things. Um, but choosing also me as a health insurance agent, you resonate. Some of the things you said resonated with me. If I sell affordable care act plans, Obamacare plans to someone who's 35 years old, I make very little commission and they're not probably statistically, they're not going to be happy with the product. Right. So I don't even fuck with it. Right. <laughs> Sounds ruthless. Same thing with small tattoos. Okay, it's okay. Just, I, you know, I, You'd I be focus on to... my chunks. I have, I don't give too many people too many options either because it's easier for you to get your client. If you have two options, that's it. Four hours and eight hours. Okay. that's uh, That lets me focus on larger pieces that I can put in a portfolio, things like that. Um, especially because at that point, as a pro team artist, like you're getting paid to do big, dope tattoos and win trophies and things like that. So it's important for you to be doing the stuff that you're branded for. What's the highlight of your tattooing career thus far? If you had one crown? Probably where I'm at right now. Okay. Probably, yeah, probably where I'm at right. Because it's been, it has come to, I, everything that I've learned, both bad and good, even the mistakes I've made, if those mistakes wouldn't have been made, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm at now uh, with the projects that we have going on. 
um, doing a lot more with it than just tattooing and trying to get into a magazine or just trying to get, I don't know, recognized by my tattooer peers. Um, I learned where I messed up, I think, when it came to the Instagram thing was I wasn't paying attention to the fact that you could monetize platforms and you can make money off of having an audience. I treated my Instagram as a portfolio and as my storefront. So I didn't care that I wasn't getting engagement because I was still getting clients. Obviously, what I was doing was working because I had no no fear of, of no you know, work was there. So um, doing that for so long and not realizing that I had been building a platform that to where we are today is uh, – you know, is, is it trying to monetize on, on those platforms and build up that audience and focus on the audience that I've spent the last you know, 11 years building on there. Do you have any specific goals? I mean, what, what, what's the next level for Rob Taylor to, to, to meet? I'm sure you're, okay. you're cash on hand. You probably have relatively good cash flow right now. You're doing um, okay financially, but is it, do you have specifically financial goals or is it workload no, goals? No, I, I, I spent so long, man, kind of lost in my own life and life decisions for the last few years. Um, didn't really feel like I had a purpose. I feel like I had kind of already achieved what I wanted to do, achieve in tattooing. And I was just at this point, just tattooing clients and existing. I wasn't advancing in anything as a person um, other than maybe jujitsu, <laughs> you know, you go to that, you can't help but advance. But um, yeah, I wasn't really trying to learn new things with tattooing. I wasn't trying to self-reflect. I wasn't doing anything really. Um, and then about a year ago, I found myself in the same position that I tend to find myself in. And um, I was living in my van. I was like, man, this sucks. Here I am again, and I need to make some choices and figure out why I keep finding myself in these positions. I think it's time for me to go back to Kentucky and just kind of get my head right and my life right. So that's what I did and came back and focused on that. Um, in November, October, it was in October, maybe it was September. September of October of 23. Um. I injured my ankle real bad in jujitsu. And at this point in time, I had become extremely invested into the MMA thing and training and being a part of the gym. And I mean, that's where you know, everybody pretty much knows me from nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still had all of this like thing inside of me that I don't know that I had to drive towards. I didn't realize that it was being applied to training. So when that training was forcefully taken off the table, I was sitting around the private studio one day, and I was like, man, honestly, I can't do anything for the next few months. What do I want to do at that time? What can I achieve? What project can I do? Um, I was like, I think I'm just going to go ahead and launch my public studio at this point. So I did that. And at first, it started off where I was just going to be a public walk-in shop, keep my private studio for what I was doing and, um, you know, hire some artists and some piercers and it just be a walk-in shop, apply the, my marketing and keep my artists booked. And I, you know, it was a small 
picture small dream kind of thing. From there, um, I have a friend of mine who streams on Twitch. He streams video games. And he was like, dude, you should throw up a camera while you tattoo and just start streaming your tattoos. I was like, nobody's, that's like watching paint dry. The most exciting part of a tattoo is the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes. The eight hours in between suck. Like, it's it's boring as shit. No one's going to want to sit there and watch that. And he was like, no, 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 you're missing it. Like, on Twitch, they force people to watch ads and you get paid for that ad revenue. The fact that there's 10 million users on Twitch and, like, maybe five tattooers, so you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. And if people don't even follow you, just the fact that they're going to click on you because you're standing out to see something different, you're going to get that ad revenue. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, maybe I throw up a camera and it ends up pulling in enough to pay the internet bill once a month or every couple months or, you know, 150 bucks here and there kind of thing. So to even get to the point to where you can make your money off of your platform, you have certain milestones to reach. You have to have X amount of followers, X amount of view time hours, all within a 30-day period. Specifically on Twitch? On all these pla- on all your platforms. Okay. And, and to, to monetize anything, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, anything, there's, you have to... Um, reach certain milestones to get to affiliate type levels. So there's a thing called like the Twitch grind. People grinding out to reach all these milestones all within a 30 day period so that they can get their affiliate and start making money. Uh, I pretty much was affiliated within three days. It took three days to reach all of my milestones aside from the seven-day streaming because I had already spent the previous four days leading up to that streaming by just practicing and setting up my setup and all that other stuff that it, um, that yeah, so when I finally started streaming, by the third day, I reached all the milestones for affiliate. We got affiliated and I was like, holy crap. And we started really focusing on building that streaming platform content audience thing and just trying to generate as much traffic and getting that revenue built up and then from there it got me into multi-streaming so then I got onto kick and started wanting to get my affiliate with kick and then I started getting into YouTube and obviously wanted to reach my milestones so that I can start getting my ad revenue off of YouTube and then I had an episode uh my streaming shit it was going good blowing up people are very interactive it went from that to me really being like oh it's about it's really about your community. You know, that felt really good too. Like having constant as your podcast audience, it feels good. You know, they're like, oh, all right, these X amount of people come every single time. Mm. Pop in, they interact. You built a community, a Kelly Patrick community. Mm-hmm. So I started seeing that versus just clients on Instagram. I was like, oh, this is really cool. So I started really focusing on that, still not paying attention to that I had an Instagram. It gets around to the point to where... Um, you know, a buddy of mine, Uncle Laser. He's, he's an up-and-coming stand-up comic. He came by, got tattooed. I tattooed him. We made a streaming episode out of it. We picked each other's brains. I gave him some marketing stuff. He gave me some social media stuff. And it was very opened my eyes to, like, um, how much money you can make off your platforms. Getting paid for plays and live views. Just so many different avenues of money to make off of just having an audience. Um and then I found out about brand deals and then how brand deals work and where you can make money off your brand deals. And it's not as, it's not what it was five years ago where it's like, oh, I have to be a big YouTuber. And then, you know, maybe I'll get that contract like a pro athlete and get discovered. Nowadays, it doesn't work like that. 
uh, you got to think the TV, the brands, they're not taking $5 million and putting all that into a video production for a TV commercial to, to go out and be seen by nobody. They're taking that $5 million and then spreading that out amongst thousands of different content creators with audiences ranging from a thousand viewers up to millions of viewers and your contracts being anywhere from a thousand dollars to a quarter million dollars. So the brand deals was what I started focusing on, but to get to there, you needed solid analytics. You need a solid audience. It doesn't matter if I have X amount of followers, if nobody is listening to what I'm saying, if nobody's engaging in anything that I'm putting out. And then it was pointed out, it's like, why are you trying to go out here and build up an audience on all of these other platforms from the ground up when you already have 25,000 people on Instagram? Just use your Instagram audience and really get that, what you've already built up and re-engaged and, and you know, um, domesticate all these little cats you got running around. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And then from there, what you can do is that being your central hub, that being where all your traffic comes through, well, then from there, people can link and go. They want to consume the YouTube content or the educational stuff that I do on Twitch or whatever. So we started focusing heavy on the the audience and the community of my Instagram. Um, from there, I had the bright idea of noticing that I'd been like able for monetization on Instagram for a long time and could have been getting paid for a lot of stuff for a long time and just never clicked except so then when, when i did that it also offered paid subscriptions and with a bunch of different price sets that you can set out and people could pay you as a content creator three five twenty dollars a month for exclusive content that you release just to them well i was like that's pretty cool i turned it on I was like, well, what? I, I'm not a content creator, so what can I do with my community or my audience with this subscription thing to kind of make something a little bit different? So at first it was like, okay, look at this. I'll take half of the subscription revenue and then just give it back to random subscribers each month. So the more people that subscribe, the more money I give back each month. And that, and like, that was just the primary focus at first. Nobody cared. Nobody would. I was like, do you guys realize like, I have 25,000 people on here? Obviously, we're not going to convert all these 25,000 people. But at the same time, we get to a point where 35,000 paid subscribers in the world of, of, of an audience is nothing compared to literally, I mean, odd, like content creators, any, anybody who's an influencer, title, whatever. Um, so at 35,000 followers or paid subscribers a month that three dollars a month that's like 110 grand a month so that'd be like 50 grand a month that i'd just be giving out to random people and i explained all this and people i think took it as like a charity kind of thing like a paid the tithe pay it forward kind of thing um same sentiment that prompted you to pay jordan for that tattoo years earlier sort of yeah. somewhat similar <laughs> like hey invest your money back into your business it makes sense type deal yeah it yeah. makes sense but it it, it it in came this off very cheap because I was like, man, this could like change lives. Like we could help people with this thing. Like this is like shit, like not just like five hundred people get a hundred bucks, but like one person get fifty grand a month. Like Jeez. it's insane money that like, you're throwing around at that point. Um, still, yeah, nobody was like, yeah, that's a great idea. You're doing such a good job, caring about your community, Rob. But nobody subscribed. Nobody gave shit. Um, so I was like, okay, well then I started adding perks like discounts and merch and. 
still nobody cared. It wasn't until I was like, all right, look, I'm going to give away a free tattoo, free full day tattoo session. Um, but you have to be a subscriber to win. $3 to win that free full day tattoo session. Okay. Well, that blew up. Because that's your that's yeah, your. I had to speci- find out what they wanted. Yeah, that's, they didn't want that's money. Why they fun- didn't want content they or want merch your, your or discount. They wanted tattoos. Once I find out what you want, well, then now I know how to market towards you. So from there, I was like, okay, that blew up. Well, what if I do this and came up with this idea where I want to become a subscriber-only tattooer where enough $3 subscriptions come in to offset the price of my day rate and I get to tattoo my subscribers for free, essentially. And then the whole business model behind that and how that would work and then, you know, plus the money that we give away. There's there's the... Um, was it linktree.com, Rob Taylor Tattoos. It has the roadmap, direct subscription links, uh, the website. So there's a lot that goes into what we're giving away to try and achieve at that point because not only are we giving away free tattoos, we're giving away big money. In the meantime, offering crazy discounts along the way to help get there. And then for every 1,600th subscriber, we add a new day to the month of free tattooing. So right now, every Friday, I do a, a giveaway, a drawing. And every Sunday, I do a free full-day tattoo session to the subscribers only. Um, and like I said, as, as the more people subscribe, the more we, days we add per month and just make that transition from an hourly tattooer to a subscriber-only tattooer. So you're not entirely there yet? No, we just started this about a month ago. Okay. Um, actually, I, I started streaming mid-December. You know, so it's been about a month and a half. You know, this is all brand new. Nobody's ever heard of it. It's a completely different business model, how to approach the whole tattooing and the subscriber thing, just all of it. Um, so... Now our marketing and all of our, our plans, you know, I've got a, a really good team behind me. I had to hire a couple people um, with like, you know, producing and then coordinating and things like that. But yeah, now we, we, we focus on um, Instagram as our main hub. Uh, YouTube is just kind of a long format. Anybody has access to YouTube. Twitch, I do like a streaming apprenticeship type of live coaching show on there. Uh, Kick is just another just daily stream. So and if we, someone searches on any of these platforms for Rob Taylor or Yeah, it'd be what? Rob Taylor tattoos, um or Rob made stuff. Those are those are the two names. But I think I've pretty much changed it all to Rob Taylor tattoos. But my yeah, my other photography stuff, my other handle would be Rob made stuff. Um and then from there we started getting into the idea of focusing on my subscriber community and really getting involved with them and making it more fun and, and engaging. So then I came up with some show ideas uh, to where now on Monday nights, I started a show called Tattoo Underdogs. And it's very Ink Masters inspired, but it's for apprentices. And what it is, is we're going to have 10 apprentices. And then over 10 weeks, each episode, one person, there's challenges, and one person gets eliminated till we have one final apprentice, and that person isn't just going to have an apprenticeship. It's going to be an entire protege, like I'm putting full investment into your career, putting you in the places you need to be, conventions, so on and so forth. Um, teaching them literally everything from marketing to networking to tattooing. 
so we are in the interviewing process of that now. Every Monday at, at 7 p.m. on Instagram there, Rob Taylor Tattoos. And the audience are the ones who vote on who even gets on the show. The audience decides who gets eliminated. The audience, like it's a very, but the tryouts, the interview episodes leading up to the actual competition side of the show that's all public once we get to the competition side of the show it'll be for subscribers only mm. to vote you have to be a subscriber okay so on and so forth um how many apprentices have you had in the past who've worked under you oh uh quite a few quite okay. a few yeah yeah um some have worked out, some have moved on to other things, and it worked out amazing. Uh, some just didn't really. It's a mindset, man. I can teach anybody how to do what I can do because it's a skilled trade approach. Um, but it still takes, just like anything, if, I mean, if you're not the kind of person who can work for yourself, well, this isn't necessarily an industry for you. It doesn't matter how good of an artist you are if you can't run your own business kind of thing if you're not you know what i'm saying you don't have the drive or motivation to tell yourself what to do as opposed to waiting for somebody else to tell you what to do then then it wouldn't work okay so this is a really a, a almost a reality show type yeah um apprentice yeah, yeah system what's it called tattoo underdogs tattoo underdogs okay so if someone's listening and they're interested in yeah we're still taking in um applications do they have to be in the in the louisville area uh, well, I mean, you'd have to be here to be on the show. Okay, you don't so have it's Louisville, to, Kentucky yeah, based. Yeah, yeah, but you can. Any anybody's welcome to come, come join, come and visit, and, yep. and do it. Okay, yep. uh, we have quite a few entries already, and that's why we started the the whole interviewing process. Uh, last Monday was our first episode, so then tonight will be our second episode. And you're choosing ten. Yep, yep. We're gonna take ten. Ten, and then ultimately of that ten, one will be standing. Okay. Each week, somebody will get eliminated based off of the viewer votes. Okay. Well, I can't say just strictly off of viewer votes um, because not all the viewers will know exactly, obviously, everything that goes into a successful tattoo or in a career, but their votes are extremely heavily considered as well. Okay. Um, what You mentioned some streaming services you're on. What, what social media platforms are you on? You use Twitter at all? I, I do a little bit of Twitter. Um, I'm I'm still learning how to even engage in Twitter. I've spent, honestly, the last month studying so hard my Instagram algorithm um, and studying how to really get good numbers on my analytics because my goal is to not monetize off of my audience. I want that audience that they're supporting me and putting all this money and like everything that they're investing in i can just kind of give back to them because those analytics i can take to brand deals and the way that i'm streaming is every time i gotta go take a pee i can run a commercial and there's my brand deal and instead of focusing just locally on small businesses there's websites where you can go to you pay your subscription fee and it's brands looking for audiences so um I studied the hell out of Instagram, the algorithm, my niche, um, how to put together my media kit and how to approach the brands. And so, um, yeah, so Instagram's my primary social media focus. I don't want to spread myself too thin. Sure. You know, you know the content of, of everything across the boards is there for the content. But 
getting those platforms to paid subscribers because it all comes down to subscribers. And we're having it to where it's not just a paid subscriber on Instagram because Instagram, like, it got so busy that they flagged it as bot activity and was putting people on a wait list. So from there, we started up just a direct subscription, just like a monthly reoccurring, like a moon clerk type of link to where you can subscribe directly. And at first, we were just making it just on there. I was ignoring the fact that I'm already monetized on Twitch. So what we're going to do is for every platform that is monetized, if you're a paid subscriber on each one, that gives you an extra entry you know, for every week that we're doing those giveaways kind of thing. Okay. So your work as a tattoo artist is continuing the same way that it has been for years, similar appointment-based, mostly uh, a product of your Instagram marketing, but you're doing this reality, Instagram-based, Instagram-centric reality show. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all, again, Monday just nights. based around everything that I've accumulated as a tattooer and it doing more with my tattooing. Um, it felt boring and it felt repetitive to just open another shop and hire a bunch of artists. Uh, once I really... I don't know, realized the importance of the community and focusing on the community, it made it a lot easier to be like, oh, we can have just a lot more fun with this and we can do a lot more for other people as well. And it's not just me just getting clients and treating my Instagram as a portfolio, but um, it's it's a chance to literally build a multi-million dollar entity that supplies people with, with jobs and, and is way bigger than just tattooing. You know? I love it. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show, Rob. Before yeah. we wrap things up, do you have any call to action? Any calls to action for anyone listening? If they're interested in learning more, of of course, your Instagram yeah. uh, is this the center of your activity. It seems. Yeah, yeah. So my Instagram uh, links to all of my all my other platforms. So if you're interested in, in in any of that content, like I said, my Twitch is focused on very live coaching Thursday nights at seven. I run a stream called Tattooter Streams and it's basically an open apprenticeship type of dynamic there. You know, live coaching and, and portfolio evaluations. I go over techniques. I explain how I do what I do, answer questions, so on and so forth. So if you're a younger tattooer but don't have that hands-on coaching type of um, access, well, you can well, for free, just hop on Twitch on Thursday nights. I live stream my tattoos almost daily on Twitch, YouTube, and Kick. So you can, again, find all of those links on the Instagram. My Instagram is Rob underscore Taylor underscore tattoos. I'm sure if you just put in Rob Taylor tattoos in the Instagram, it'll, it'll probably come up there. If someone's getting a tattoo from you, yep. do you ask them, hey, I'm going to stream this live on YouTube? Or is um, that just part of the package deal? They, if they're point, going to do it, they have to. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I haven't had anybody request not to. Yeah, you know, um, It's hard. Yeah, they, they, they think it's exciting. It's been an overwhelmingly amount of support. Sure. It's been insane. People, they're like, dude, this is a great idea. Like, we love it. And um, so... Yeah, I wouldn't have any problem with if someone was like, yeah, and let's just kind of keep this, you know, on the low, low. That is, I mean, I'm a, I'm a private tattooer and, and, and it isn't necessarily about the content um, as much as it is about the audience and the community. So good stuff. Well, Rob Taylor, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, man. It's good to see you, buddy. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, we'll have another episode out soon. Thank you. Thank you.